Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone. The postseason is in full swing, and man, after that game two versus the Phillies, I believe that the Braves fans are pumped. Momentum is going their way. By the time you're hearing this, though, Game 3 will have already happened, and I'm no fortune teller, but what we're going to do today is see how the Braves pitchers have lined up against the Phillies this year and vice versa, because the reality is this series could go to five games. So let's see how these pitchers have lined up against these offenses all year long. These teams have seen each other quite a bit this year, and so we're able to get gather some data and see how they've fared. And that will kind of give us an idea of what to look for when these teams face each other. Let's get started. First, I want to say thanks to all of you that tuned into the PSF or Pro Sports Fans Network last night to see Trent, Colleen, and I live stream the Braves game and talk about it in sort of a Manning cast type of manner. A lot of fun, so I really appreciate all of you that came on there. Uh, hopefully we'll get to do that in the future. It's it's always fun to be able to do stuff like that with, with your friends. So thanks for jumping on and, and watching that. Check out and look out for the next one for when we'll be able to do that again. So today what I really want to dig into is we can look at a pitcher's stats, right? Aaron Nola, for example, he's got a 4.46 ERA this year with a FIP of 4.03, which is the second, both are the second worst in his nine-year career. But when it comes to the postseason, it's all about matchups, right? So over a long season, things like ERA, FIP, that can kind of give you an idea of how they're going to do down the stretch. But when you're facing a specific opponent where every game holds a tremendous amount of weight, much more than a 162-game season, you're not worried about things like testing out your bullpen or testing out pitches throughout the season to see how you're going to do as a team or as a player. You're looking at this game right now because nothing else matters. And so it really gets fun to look into the matchups and how players play against it. Because it doesn't matter how well Aaron Nola did against other teams in the league. It matters against the Braves because that's who he's playing. And if they can't get past the Braves, their season is over. And vice versa with the Braves versus the Phillies. So let's do that. Let's dig into the starting pitchers for both teams and see how they fared against the other team. Uh... You'll be surprised. We'll start with Aaron Nola, even though we will have already seen the outcome by the time you've heard this podcast. It's just kind of an example, okay? Aaron Nola faced the Braves more than any other team this year. He faced them in three games with a total of 74 plate appearances against them. And he had a 5.0 
strikeout to walk ratio. He only walked four hitters and struck out 20. That's better than his season rate of strikeouts to walk ratio. Hitters on the Braves also had really struggled getting on base against him. They had a batting average of 232, 270, and a slugging percentage of 406. That's an OPS of 676. Remember, the Braves as an entire team had a slugging percentage of 501 this season, yet against Aaron Nola only had a 406. Of course, they did get a little unlucky with the batting average of balls in play against him of 277. Typically, you want to see if you see a BA, uh, BIP or batting average of balls in play around 300. That typically means there's not really luck one way or the other. The Braves did have a little bit of bad luck against him. Their total OPS against him was a 60. That means their performance was 40% below league average in terms of OPS, which is really concerning. Aaron Nola had a bad year this year. It was not bad against the Braves, and that does concern me. Aaron Nola had the Braves number this year. The Braves, when they beat the Phillies, a lot of times it was, we'll get into it, but the Braves really wrecked their bullpen, not necessarily their starting rotation. But the most concerning thing to me is that strikeout-to-walk ratio. The Braves really struggle getting walks against him, and they also have issues getting on base, and those kind of go hand-in-hand. All right, let's look at some pitchers we've already seen the Braves play against in Ranger Suarez and Zach Wheeler. Let's start with Ranger Suarez. For whatever reason, the Braves can absolutely crush lefties. This season, in fact, guys like Ozzy Albies, which is why he batted fourth, had an insane year against lefties. Ozzy had an OPS plus of 173 against lefties this year, 73% above league average. For reference, Ronald Acuna had a total OPS, you know, the front runner for MVP, had a total OPS of 168. But with Ranger Suarez, who had an ERA plus of 103, which means his ERA was only 3% better than league average, right? He, for whatever reason, no has the Braves number. Suarez had 125 innings this year in which he had an ERA of 4.18. He had a FIP of 3.9. These are just barely better than league average. He had a strikeout-to-walk ratio of 2.48, which is nothing special. Yet, he dominates the Braves, which is why probably they had him pitch game one against them. He only faced them once this year, but he absolutely dominated them. In 24 plate appearances, which was only one game, he had a strikeout-walk ratio of 3.5, which is much better than his normal league ratio or for the entire year. The Braves had a 182 batting average, a 250 OBP, and a 318 slugging. That's an OPS of 568. The only team that Suarez faced that had a worse OPS than the Braves was the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, out of the entire year, the only team that performed worse than the Braves were the Cardinals, sorry, and also the Dodgers. So, uh, yeah, out of all the teams he faced, the Braves were worse than everybody else except for two. They had an OPS plus of 36. That's right, 36. That means that 64% of the league did better against him than the Braves did in terms of individual teams' OPS plus. 
Yeah. So, for whatever reason, Ranger Soros has the Braves number. It, this is not the first year it's been like that. So, Ranger Suarez matches up really well against the Braves. And in case you're wondering what his ERA was against them in that one game, it was a 1.50. Let's move on to Zach Wheeler. We've seen him pitch already. The Braves did win that game, and it largely was due to Travis Darno, who has an excellent record against him already, coming through and hitting that two-run bomb. He was the one X-factor for the Braves in that game. He has the best track record against him so I was very happy to see him in the lineup and he came through what an excellent idea to have him play versus Zach Wheeler Travis Darno came through big but let's look and see how Zach Wheeler has performed this year versus the Braves and overall Zach Wheeler continues to be one of the most underrated players in Major League Baseball this year in which he pitched 192 innings he had an ERA plus of 119, which is actually a down year for him, believe it or not. The past three years, he's been elite at a 154, 150, and 141, respectively. This year, he had a down year, but even then, he had an ERA of 3.61, which is 19% better than league average. He had a FIP of 315, showing that he actually got pretty unlucky, and he had a walks plus hits per inning pitch of 1.078, which is absolutely elite. He had a wins above replacement of 4.2, largely due to his insane strikeout-to-walk ratio of 5.44. So with that being said, he had an excellent year. But how did he do against the Braves? We saw how he did against him in the postseason, but what about in the regular season too? Like Nola, he also faced the Braves three times this year over 77 plate appearances, and again, dominated the Braves. The Braves had a 58 OPS plus against him this year. They bat had a 186 batting average, a 260 on base percentage, and a 414 slugging percentage. That's an OPS of 674. And as far as ERA goes, the Braves had a three point, well, Wheeler had a 3.32 ERA against them. So the Braves did not do too excellent against Zach Wheeler in the regular season. So it was really great to see them put three runs up on him. A lot of that probably is because, you know, they should have trusted their bullpen and not thrown Wheeler out there again for a seventh inning. But Wheeler is known for being able to go seven innings strong. So I understand it, but uh, I would not have done that. I'm glad they did, though, because. Darno was able to get that home run off of him. What's interesting is last year, the Braves also faced him three times with an offense that was not as potent and was able to hit 240, 264, 13 with an OPS of 673. So they actually hit him better last year than they did this year. But I'm glad they came through in the postseason. We'll see if they face him again or not, depending on if the, the Phillies go with Ranger Suarez again, uh, which is probably likely the case, but we don't know if they're going to use a Game 4 starter or not. So let's look at their roster and see what they could do for Game 4, since a Game 4 does have to happen. Of course, Zach Wheeler could potentially pitch Game 5. Taiwan Walker could also pitch in Game 4 for the Phillies. They have him rostered, and... He has pitched against the Braves twice this year where he's seen them for 54 plate appearances. The Braves did wreck him though. 
They had a 340 batting average, 407 OBP, and 575 slugging against against them with a 133 OPS plus or 33% above league average. So odds are that the Braves will not be seeing Taiwan Walker in Game Four. My my guesses are that they are going to face Ranger Suarez again. If that was my guess, just because Ranger Suarez dominates them and the Phillies are probably going to go for the kill if they can. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that the Braves see Taiwan Walker in Game 4. That would be fantastic. Uh, I believe that Spencer Strider will probably be pitching Game 4 for the Atlanta Braves. And so that would be a good matchup for the Braves. The Phillies also have Michael Lorenzen rostered, but the way that they've been using him as of late, he has been coming out of the bullpen. And I don't foresee them starting him against the Atlanta Braves the way that the Braves hit him last time. It's all about matchups in the postseason, and that would not make sense for them to do. I think they have him there just in case they want to use him in the bullpen. Now let's move on to the Atlanta Braves. This one's kind of interesting because we have already, at the time of this recording, have already seen Spencer Strider and Max Freed pitch against them in the postseason. But let's look and see how well that they did in the regular season to kind of give us an idea of um, slightly larger sample size against the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies and the Braves have played each other quite a bit this year, as much as any other team has played the Braves. Unfortunately for the Braves, the Phillies have seen Spencer Strider more than anybody. In fact, Spencer Strider has faced the Phillies four times in the regular season, but he has dominated them, especially with strikeouts. He has 12.67 strikeouts to walks, his best ratio against any team other than the Miami Marlins. And the hitters are struggling to a 192-225-287, or 192 batting average, 225 OBP, and 287 slugging percentage. They have a 34 OPS plus against him. So for the regular season, Spencer Strider has dominated the Phillies. So that's a good sign. They will have seen him for the sixth time on Game 2 of the NLDS. So that's a bad thing. But in the regular season, he dominated them. And he looked pretty solid against them in Game uh, 1 when he pitched against them. Now, they did get three runs off of him. But that was still really solid performance, especially with the way that the Phillies have been hitting. So I feel confident that Spencer Strider has a chance to limit the runs in Game 4 and give the Braves a real chance of winning that game. Max Freed only faced the Phillies one time in the regular season this year, in which he had a 3.0 strikeout to walk ratio. Hitters had a 222 batting average against him with a 300 OBP and a 389 slugging. That's an 81 OPS plus, so 19% below league average in terms of league adjusted OPS. It's a very small sample size, but he only gave up four hits in that game. One of them was a home run, though. That was six strikeouts to two walks. It was not his best performance, but it was a decent performance. So it'll be interesting to see if he does, if he is able to come back, if there is a game five and he does pitch, how well he has able to adjust from having time off from injury and all that jazz. So 
Hopefully, Max Freed can do well. It's an extremely small sample size to look at for him versus the Phillies, but it is Max Freed after all. So one can hope many teams would be happy to have Max Freed have the ball in his hand in a playoff game. So we'll see. Hopefully, you know, Max Freed does well if he does pitch again. One thing to note is that he did get a bit fortunate when he faced them. The Phillies had a batting average of balls in play of 273, so that does not that's not a good sign. However, again, he only gave up four hits against them in that game. However, one of them was a home run. And the Phillies have been homer happy the entire second half of the year. Bryce Harper's been on fire. Trey Turner's been on fire. Nick Castellanos has been on fire. All of them have been hitting home runs like crazy, so... It's going to be really interesting to see. Bryce Elder has faced the Phillies twice this year. I'm praying that Bryce Elder does not start in the postseason. He's been absolutely terrible the second half. Very, very bad the second half. It doesn't matter who he's playing against. Very, very bad the second half. He's regressed hard. So I'm really hoping that that Bryce Elder does not pitch in the postseason as a starter. And if he does, that he has a very, very short leash. But we'll see. At the time of this recording, he will have already pitched. So I hope I'm wrong that he doesn't uh, do terrible against them. But at the time of this recording, I did see that he is starting the game. So I hope I'm wrong in saying that I don't think he's going to do well. I just don't have confidence in Bryce Elder the second half that he's had. Now, he did face the Phillies twice. And they struggled mightily against him. They had a 167 batting average, a 318 on base percentage, and a 333 slugging percentage. However, they had a batting average of balls in play of a 143. Remember how I said a league average batting average of balls in play is 300? And if it's lower than that, the pitcher got lucky. Well, Rice Elder got lucky by quite a bit. They had a batting average of balls in play in one of 143. And he gave up one home run per game. Actually, it was two home runs in one of the games, but he's averaging one home run per game. He gave up two home runs in his last start against the Phillies. And he has walked more bad Phillies than he has struck out. So he walked seven Phillies to only striking out six. So other the slash line looks good. Other than that, everything else looks bad. I am really, really hoping that, you know, I thought I was hoping we wouldn't see him pitch. As Literally, as I'm recording this, I see that it pops up that he's pitching. Uh, I'm really disappointed in that. I It's a head-scratcher to me. But, you know, I figured that we'd talk about it since there's a possibility he could pitch, and it looks like he is, so... This is a real-time, my reaction to seeing that he's pitching. So I'm uh, I'm pretty disappointed in that. I hope that I'm wrong. There's one of those situations where, you know, you hope you're wrong and hate and you hate if you're right. It's one of those situations. I really, really, I really, really hope that he pitches well, but I don't have confidence. I'm not going to lie. As for the rest of the Braves, 
I really would have gone game three. I really would have done an opener type scenario with like a Pierce Johnson or a Joe Jimenez. Neither one of them, I don't think I've ever done it. So that might have been why the Braves decided not to go that route. But that's what I really would have liked to see. It really stinks that Charlie Morton is not going to pitch in this series because unless there's some type of phantom injury because he has the best curveball in baseball this year and the Phillies really struggle hitting the curveball. So I would have really loved to see Charlie Morton pitch, but it doesn't appear that's going to happen. And it really is unfortunate that the Braves rotation had injuries right here at the postseason. It kind of happened last year when all of them got sick. It's really, really unfortunate. But here's to hoping they can somehow pull out a win and not have to go to Game 5. And if they do, they win Game 4 to be able to make it to go to Game 5. I mean, I'm not feeling super confident about Game 3 with Bryce Elder pitching. But hopefully there will not be a Game 5 and the Braves will go out and win. But if they don't, I have faith in Spencer Strider for Game 4. And then that means there would have to be a Game 5 if they lose Game 3. And uh, that one, we're going to have to hope that Max Fried brings it. But ultimately, the offense has to kick in. The offense cannot just depend on being able to get hits against the Phillies' bullpen. They have to get hits against the Phillies' rotation. If they cannot do that, they are not going to win. All right, before we end this episode, I just want to let you guys know that there will not be an episode next week. I am not going to be able to record. I'm going to be out of town, extremely busy with work. This rarely happens, but that's how it is this week, and so I apologize for that, but I will be back as soon as I possibly can, and hopefully it's with good news about the Braves. Alright, that's this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and all that jazz so that people that don't know the show exists can find it. You can email the show at bravesdugout at gmail.com. We have Twitter, or I guess X, at bravesdugoutpod, or at Sports for my personal. And we have a Facebook page, Facebook group, all that stuff. It's growing like crazy. Thank you so much for your continued listenership. It's been a fun ride. With that, as always, go Braves.